Hey there, and welcome to Gilmore Girls Revisited. I'm Michelle. And I'm Carissa. Thanks for being here this week. So today's episode is episode four, The Deer Hunters, and it first aired on October 26, 2000. The summary is from TV Guide. It reads, after receiving a bad grade on an English paper, Rory tries to prepare for a major test on Shakespeare, only to find a bored Lorelai nagging her for attention. Elsewhere, Suki broods over a review from a magazine's food critic. Episode four features three prominent storylines. Uh, the first one is Rory adjusting to Chilton. The second one is Lorelai meeting Max, Max Medina. And the third is just getting a little bit more input um, on seeing a little bit more about Lorelai and Rory's relationship as mother and daughter and kind of like BFFs. So in the first scene, we see Lorelai um, and Rory out shopping for school supplies. And I thought it was really cool how Rory was nerding out finding the right materials and supplies to buy. She's very precise, very organized. I know. I related so hard. Obviously, like Rory's doing her best to catch up. She is catching up. She wasn't there at Chilton from the beginning of the school year. So not only is she a transfer student, but she's joining um, a few weeks into the school year. So she's doing her best to catch up. She has her school supplies. And then we see the scene where she's getting out of the school bus and not the school bus, the regular bus to go to school. And she does multiple trips carrying like different backpacks. So it seems a little bit silly, but for me, I was always like an overpacker when it came to school. And I usually didn't have that many backpacks, but like my backpack was always so filled. And then I had my tote bag with a bunch of stuff. And then I had like a purse. So yeah. when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my heart, <laughs> this is me carrying. But most of my stuff were like useless stuff. I know. I remember having like, um, like, like you said, your book bag. And then I had a crossbody bag that I would put on first to put my bus card and my phone and my wallet all in front. Cause you know, I was a scared little girl in high school, yeah. <laughs> all my stuff in front, my headphones, and my iPod, and then the book bag. And then if I was doing sports, there goes that bag over it. Like, I don't know why, we, like how we did it for it. We should have like incredible neck Next, strong necks at this point for carrying all that stuff plus all the books that we carried yeah that was hard I literally I really did have back problems because of it but um <laughs> Rory was fine she dealt with it with a trooper I, the thing that she didn't really deal with so much is having her first D on her test so it was so sad. She was so happy when Mr. Medina was passing out the grades and her face of going from like, oh, yes, yeah, smiling face. And then to like the face of dread and doom. I don't know. I felt so bad for her. It was her first I felt like my, my heart sank into my stomach for her. Like I remember like I remember I got a C on a paper once. And I was, I think, a junior. And, like, I just remember sitting outside in our courtyard. And all my friends were surrounding me. And they were consoling me because I was crying because I got to see. <laughs> it was, you know, it's quite a mortifying experience, especially when everyone around you got good grades. And you're like, crap. Yeah. And then Paris uh, wasn't the most supporting <laughs> um, classmate. Uh, I kind of 
from the drama perspective, I really love how snappy and mean she was. I don't know. I thought it brought on a lot of like good content. But if I was Rory, I would be mortified. I just thought it was so cool, though. She's so evil. I love her. <laughs> she makes evil look good. Like, she does it so well. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, nobody in my high school or even, well, especially not college, but nobody in high school or even elementary school really cared that much about grades. So that would have never happened. Mm -hmm. I think they would have mocked people for something else, but never for receiving a D on a paper. But I guess that just goes to show how competitive that school is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I gotta, I, it was pretty, it felt like that sometimes at my high school. Like, what did you get? What was your GPA? What was your ACT? That was all the numbers thing. So wow. Kind of Maybe I felt that way because I was a dumb one there. <laughs> I was like, I was like the bottom of the, of the crop there, but, um, it seemed like everyone always cared about was like the latest and the greatest numbers who did the best. Wow. But that's wild. In a way, like Rory, it pushed me, it encouraged me. It was like, keep, keep treading, but yeah, definitely never felt that anywhere else, but high school. <laughs> mm. Uh, and then we see, uh, Tristan being right. a jerk. He was being he was so I think he was too aggressive. Like, yes, he's handsome. And a lot of times he does do that um kind of like little boy thing where they say, like, oh, if a guy likes you, he's gonna be mean to you or something like that. And there's been certain situations that we've seen where it's fine and it's kind of cute. And I'm like, okay, Tristan. But in this scene, I think he was just being so mean and rude and, like, so aggressive. I did not like Tristan in that scene. I totally agree. I thought he was way too abrasive. And, like, it just was so off-putting. I'm like, this is literally, like, do you even know how to ask? Read the like, room. Out? Yeah, like, read the room. Like, this is not how you talk to, like, a girl, period. And, and also, like... What do you do in high school for dates? Like, what do you what are you gonna do? I mean, he probably has I a driver. <laughs> I know I wouldn't know either. Like, I didn't do anything in high school, but you know, maybe at the Chilton level, they have a driver and they could, you know, someone can take him somewhere. Well, they're but, sixteen, so maybe they. Um, oh, but we I didn't drive. They have cars, so. Yeah, but they probably have cars and access to all of that. Um. But I also didn't like when he's like, oh, what, you have to go to sleep early or something, which, like, I go to sleep early for the most part. And in high school, I definitely went to sleep early. So I would have been so offended. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, rude. <laughs> yes, and I know. And also, like, my parents had a lot of lot to do with my time I went to bed. They were like, if you're not doing your homework, you're going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Tristan negative one point or minus a point for Tristan in this episode. He was not, not great. Um, like he's always taking 10 steps back. <laughs> yeah. Later in the episode, we see Lorelai and Suki at the Independence Inn. And they are so excited because they got a raving review on this really cool magazine from a food critic. Um, Lorelai's 
super happy, super Suki, super happy too. And then as Lorelai's reading the review, there's one line that just makes her stop in her tracks. And even though the guy was praising them throughout, he just said that the risotto was perfectly fine. And then she couldn't stop obsessing over it. Like she's a perfectionist. And after that, she got so upset. And I think that was like a big part of the episode, at least for her, for Suki, is just making sure that she feels validated. And I, at first I thought it was kind of silly. Like she said, she made like 36 different versions of the risotto. This is a magic risotto, all of this stuff. But then I guess it goes to show you how not necessarily like good of a bat of employee she is, but she's so committed to her craft. And I guess she's also, I don't know. I feel like she just took it to heart, even though the guy said it was perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I agree. And she like over obsessed over like a very small detail when like everything else, like she really just narrowed in on that one thing. And like, there's not many people who, who like are so passionate about it, the work that they do that they like, you know, just kind of have a tunnel vision on one thing to like really perfect. And, um, it was, it just goes to show like how, like for me, when I see like people like chefs, especially because I feel like it's an ever evolving craft too. Like I, I'm obsessed with cooking shows like chef's table on Netflix. Shout out. <laughs> One of my favorite shows, like the way that people talk about food is so poetic. And I really appreciate that they bring that into Suki. Like she's someone who just, she just doesn't cook to cook. And I think like also as, as Latinas, like we, like there's a fable, like the, the attitude that you cook is like how your taste, like how the food will taste. Like there's so much, thoughts that goes water for chocolate yeah like like water for chocolate yeah so like the attention and detail to to what you put into food and the energy and like just the general vibes that you feel when you're cooking like all has in an impact in the way that it tastes so for her to be like wait what what was wrong that one day like just narrowing in like what did I do differently like the Um, server too which that actually makes sense like there's so many different things that could have affected it Oh my God, I never would have thought that. I mean, like, so apparently it was like, it was paired with the wrong wine. Yeah. And I actually did. The first time I watched this, all of that just flew over my head. And then when I was watching it recently, I saw that. I'm like, I wonder if it was the wine. Because there's certain wines that don't work with certain foods. And that's something we're learning. As we get um, older. Huh? As we get older. As, well, yeah, as we get older and trying to make sure, like, if you're going to get a steak, What's the best wine for that? Or if you're going to have chicken, maybe you don't want to use the rosé. I don't know. Figuring out what works best. But I I thought before, or I used to always hear like, yes, girl, go be, um, like, not necessarily aggressive, but get it, like go after it. And when she went to see the restaurant critic, I would have thought that was like incredibly inappropriate, especially because she wants to see him at his home just <laughs> to prove something. But that was the only thing. Other than that, I love Suki and I, I wish I could taste her food. She's so happy when she cooks. 
She's so happy. And she always cooks what like what what I see on the show. It just looks so good all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yum. And I do love a good risotto. Yum. Yummers. And in that same scene, uh, we see Lorelai, Rory. Well, Lorelai's there too. And then Rory comes in with all of her bags exhausted like where's the chocolate or something like that and she's telling them like how terrible her day was and then there's this one line that I, th- I think you noted that one too Carissa that Lorelai says mm-hmm. we are young and fiery women and then I thought it was so cute I'm like oh Lorelai like I need to print that out and post it on my wall I thought it was so cool yeah, it's like uh, one of those little post-its to put on your mirror that you see every morning. Like, we are young and fired And she says that as someone who's, like, in her 30s, who's had a kid. Like, she still sees herself as someone who's got that, like, ambition, that drive, that go get them energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope to carry that through for as long as I can possibly um, carry that energy for as long as I, you know, if I if I get tired, I just want to be like, no, you are young and fiery. Yes. Yes. But, but yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, she doesn't necessarily say what happened. Like Rory doesn't say like what happened that day. She just shows up and's like, yeah, like you said, like, give me the chocolate. What makes me feel good. And then that evening, Lorelai heads to the parent teacher conference Mm -hmm. um, and shows up to Mr. Medina's class. Shows up late, by the way. Yeah. And I just thought that there was, there was this funny line. She shows up late and she immediately pours herself a cup of coffee. And she was like, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and the camel. Because it was so bad. And I just, like, find that so funny. Because I grew up saying, like, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. But to, like, throw in the camel, I thought was <laughs> to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially because Mr. Medina was talking. So when Carissa said she was late, she was late and disrupting the class with like bougie parents. So that was oh, so yeah. funny. Talking about the AP exam and like what's going to be on it. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, those parents were vicious. They were a little bit intense. It was like all like to teach to the test and it was so frustrating. Yeah, but then. Like, I know that there are no stupid questions, but then Lorelai asks kind of, like, a silly question. Like, I get it. Like, she said something like, oh, can parents come? And somebody's like, "For to what? Like, oh, it's the test. Can we come here and cheer cheer them on? And I'm like, girl, were you able to do that in Stars Hollow? <laughs> no. Like, why would you think that you're able to do that for children? And I think she just wanted to show, like, hey, we can, we can be supportive. But I just loved how, like, as, as soon as they met, you could tell that Mr. Medina isn't going to be, like, your ordinary teacher. It wasn't, like, they met, and it was, like, sparks. Yeah. I loved that. I was, like, <gasps> You could feel it through the TV. Oh. Chills. He is quite dapper. And he notices her because she's got this B-52s. Which t-shirt on? Which I don't know who B fifty two is. So I just looked it up, and they are the originators of this song. They are Love Shack singers, okay? So it's just ironic that she meets Max, and he notices, and she's wearing 
the Love Shack band on her t-shirt. I mean, like, come on, if that is not telling right there. Too bad I didn't know who they were when I started watching this show. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's, thanks for sharing. I did not think about Googling it. I kind of thought it was a car wash when I first saw it. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny. Um, I guess after Max is talking to everybody, they start talking one-on-one. And Lorelai is so flirtatious. I love how she's able to be flirtatious in that kind of environment without making it seem, I don't know, she doesn't look like thirsty or needy. She she has that perfect combination of being flirty and mysterious, even though that's your daughter's teacher. And then Mr. Medina was kind of the same. Like he was like bringing in that flirtatious aspect to it as well. But then they started talking about Rory and he was, telling Lorelai how Rory's such a sweet girl and how he's like kind of worried about her and Lorelai right away switched from her flirtatious mode to like mom mode and I thought it was really cool how she was able to like make the switch and right away be like what do you mean what's wrong with Rory like what Mm -hmm. yeah like she like Max was saying you know like she's a great student she's a great kid like I hope she doesn't feel too bogged down about this grade and Lorelai was like, what are you talking about? Like, Rory tells me everything. Like, why didn't she tell me? And so she was, like, so um, just, like, shocked to hear that, like, Rory had gotten this grade and, like, didn't want to tell her. So now she felt bad because she was, like, seeing, like, her daughter, but, like, not realizing she was, like, suffering in silence from having, like, the weight of having this D on her, on her shoulders. Yeah, and I thought she was so supporting. And, like, when she was – when she heard that – her immediate reaction was like, oh my gosh, she's going through so much. And I was over here being so silly with her the the day before when she was trying to study. And I thought it was great because most parents, when they find out that their child got a grade that is not desirable, um, they wouldn't really react that way. So (laughs) Lorelai is mom's goals. Yeah, it was Uh, like to to bring up how she was like messing with her the day before she was like studying for this test so like one way for her to like rectify this grade is that they have a huge Shakespeare test and Rory's trying to study for it and her mom walks into the kitchen and she's like let's get ice cream I'm bored and it was just funny because she's just like looking for Rory to entertain her like a mother entertains a child and Rory's like, Mom, I'm trying to study. And she's like, Lorelai, go to your room. If you let me sit in now, I'll play with you this weekend, which I thought was just, like, such a funny comment. Um, but this, like, test is, like, another, like, segue into another major plot line because um, Rory is, like, studying all night with her mom. Like, all night, um... They are, like, going over everything about Shakespeare's life, what his sonnets are composed of, like, all of this stuff. And all that information was so irrelevant, though. Like, I I remember when Lorelai asked her a question, like, when was this, when did Shakespeare publish this poem or whatever? And she was off by 73 years. 
And Lorelai's like, oh, you were close. And Rory's like, no, I was off by 73 years. What do you mean I was close? But it's all of that is useless information for the most part. Like I hate that part of learning and education where it's like, sure, learn why the works of Shakespeare are important. What kind of methods he was using? What does it mean? How does that relate to current times? How does that relate to the political times during that time period? But it's like, whatever his wife's names or whatever, all of that information, like it's fine to know, but to be tested on that and know what that is and have that big, a big part of your grade just seems so dumb to me. I hate, I hated that. It's like that ruins education. I know when you're trying to memorize things just for the sake of memorizing them, but like you never really actually utilize like the year that Shakespeare wrote, you know, the 12th night. That doesn't matter. It's like, that's easily Googleable, but you can't Google like how something really, your thoughts and your opinions on how his writings translate to, you know, a theme during that specific time period. Mm -hmm. It's totally different. I completely agree. But it's funny because like they were studying so hard, like that they knocked out at the dinner table. (laughs) They passed out. I think- Yeah, I think Rory, I mean, Lorelai passed out first, and then Rory kept going. She wasn't tired. And then Lorelai woke woke up, and she saw, oh, that just looks so uncomfortable. Rory was, like, passed out on the kitchen table. And just, and then Lorelai, I don't know why she did that. She's just like, I'll keep you company, and just nap right there with her. I'm like, girl, why don't you just pick her up and take her to bed? Oh, that's like one of those moments of reality. I'm like, my neck is aching just seeing you do that. Like if my parents saw me passed out on the table and instead of taking me with them, they knock out there as well. I'm like, not only am I going to be having neck pains, but I'm going to feel guilty that you are too. (laughs) Yeah. Like in what world would a parent just like, let me join my kid and make the dinner table my pillow. Like, no, that doesn't matter. Laura is so supportive. Like, and they... (laughs) They have different references like that. She's so supportive that they just keep, like the creators of the show just keep, or the writers just keep making, like showing those little scenes that it's like most people won't do that, but Lorelai's so committed that she'll do that. I don't know. I just thought that was a little bit silly. It was. And because it doesn't help. Like I'm not a big believer in like staying, especially if you're that young in high school, staying up late to study when you're better off trying to study as much as you can go to bed at a decent hour, wake up early to do some early morning studying and then going back to sleep. But I mean, and then going to take your test or whatever, but that's just a personal um, (laughs) way of doing that. But then what happens after they knock out on the table? Well, you know, they freaking wake up late. Because they didn't set their alarms because they're a bunch of, they don't have iPhones right now. And I feel really bad for them, you know? like Or maybe they did set the alarm, but Rory wasn't in her bed and Lorelai wasn't in her bed. True. So they didn't hear it, but those two knuckleheads woke up late and Lorelai lets Rory take her car to, to school. And on her way to school, what happens, Michelle? Yeah, not only is uh, Rory a distractive driver calling uh, Lane for her old notes, I'm like, girl, you're on the way to school. Forget your old notes. If you 
didn't have them by now, you're fine. She's at a stoplight. Like I specifically, she stops at a light, at the stoplight. She's there for a bit talking to Lane and all of a sudden, boom, she gets hit by a deer. She doesn't hit a deer. She gets hit by a deer and she feels so guilty that that happened that she gets out of the car. She wasn't even fully dressed for school yet. So she's like looking for the deer while taking off her sweatpants because she has her skirt and her school uniform on top, looking for the deer, talking to Lane like, oh my gosh, I hit a deer, I hit a deer. And then she looks at the clock and she realizes that she's late. So she's like rushing at school. And when she gets there, like everybody's already in their seats. And then she's like, it's fine, it's fine. She goes in, starts getting the stuff out of her backpack. And Mr. Heartbreaker and Mr. Max Medina refuses to let Rory take the test because she's a few minutes late. That pissed me off so much. First of all, a few things in this sequence pissed me off. First, Rory is a drama queen. She did not have to get out of the car when the deer hit her because the deer hit her and kept running off. He was clearly fine. And she could have just kept going to school. Maybe that's just me being mean, but I thought that was a non-issue. Yeah, the car is dead, but you gotta get to school to take your test. And then the fact that she's a few minutes late, that's already a disadvantage to her. So she's already going in, not having enough time as everybody else, but she doesn't get to take the test because punctuality is like so important at Chilton that they they don't let her and I just I just think that's that's so rude and like Laura like shows up to school because Rory has this like she just like lashes out on everyone oh I um, love that I love when she went because I agree I think that was so unfair and like you said she's already at a disadvantage so it's not like she was asking for that full time so if it was 60 minute task it's not and she got there 45 minutes remaining it's not like she was going to say, well, I want the full time. No, either way, she was going to end the test when all her classmates did. So that wasn't fair. But I loved when she lashed out on, on Paris and on Tristan when she was, oh, I loved it. Maybe not, not the classroom was the best place for that. But when she lashed out, I loved it. And then that's what gets her in trouble. Yeah, and she, like, Paris is the one that said something, like, and she was like, you've got everything. Like, what else do you want? And, like, Tristan just looked at her, and she's like, and she just says, and the name's Rory. <laughs> it was just so funny, because that man didn't even have to open his mouth. He just looked at her, and she was just, was like, triggered. <laughs> yes. She's like, oh, and you, you too. Like, it's Rory, not Mary. But that's why she shouldn't bottle things up. I feel like Rory tends to bottle things up while Lorelai doesn't. Like that's her different personality styles. So I'm like, you could either express your feelings when they happen or when something else kind of triggers it. But I feel like she waited until the absolute worst moment. But I loved it. I thought it was a great scene. I agree. It was really great. And I think that um that I wish I had the ability to do something like that sometimes, just like say it how I feel, don't bottle it in. But the way that it was like portrayed was pretty funny for, you know, a high schooler. Um, and then Lorelai's called to school because, you know, clearly Aurora got sent to the headmaster's office. What's his name? Charles or Charleston. 
Headmaster Charleston, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lorelai's like, what's going on? She tries to defend her daughter, and she's just like, this is ridiculous. And she... <laughs> <laughs> she spent the whole night studying. She was, I was there with her, studying with her, like a deer hit her. I mean, yeah, she was hit by a deer. Yeah. They were not Emotional impressed. Emotional trauma for poor Rory. Yeah, and Mr. Medina was there too, and they didn't seem too impressed, and I hated it. Oh, when Headmaster Charles was like, the dog ate my homework, my computer broke down. Like he was just listing all the different excuses and I get it. And I think I'm, I guess, very happy and relieved that I never went to a private school or a school like Chilton because I, that's like one of the problems that I have with the educational system and public school and everything is that they don't take into account a student's personal life. Like, yeah, ideally what happens in the classroom shouldn't affect, or what happens in your personal life shouldn't affect what happens in the classroom, but obviously that's not true. Like, thankfully for Rory, it was just a deer that hit her car, but with other students, like maybe they never had a car, or maybe they got kicked out of their home. There's just so many different things that I hate how in Chilton that seemed as normal. And like Lorelai, Rory has a pretty nice background. So the fact that even she's being affected by all of this in a smaller scale is just so aggravating. I'm like, oh, I hate that institution. I hate all of it. I hate it. Everything. I was so upset. I know. I'm like, what if something worse had happened? Like, what if she actually, like, just, like, what if her excuse was, you know, I fell down the stairs and broke my ankle. Well, you still missed the test. It's an mm-hmm. excuse. You know, like, where do you draw the line? Like, I don't know. It was they draw the line of when their rich donor parents come in and speak for them. That's when they draw the line. Well, why didn't we get Emily there then, huh? Lorelai would have been pissed. She would have been like, I know how to take care of my daughter. <laughs> I, I'm kind of happy we didn't see that. Because I feel like in the previous episodes, we've seen Emily get really involved. And in this episode, it was just Lorelai. And it's not like like, in the end, I think she, Max said, like, she, she, Rory was able to get, like, makeup work mm-hmm. to help offset the the test or whatever. Because it's a zero. It's not even, like, she got a D or a C or something. She literally got a zero. She didn't take the test. So mm-hmm. they, they did that. But I don't know. I think, yeah, it would have been interesting to see what what Emily would have done. You know, I'm shocked that, like, uh, headmaster Charleston didn't even say like and you know just because I know your grandparents or whatever because I feel like Emily and Richard are could be hefty donors you know that they they would let it slide but they must have not have left their donation slip that month so they're not letting Rory mm. buy with anything no I think like if she would have brought it up then that maybe that would have happened but I'm glad that he didn't bring all of that because then Lorelai would have gone nuts I don't think she would have appreciated that more than I think, already yeah, and then I don't know if they were big, well, maybe they were, maybe they participated in events, but I don't think they were, like, donors, donors, like, maybe some other parents mm. would be, like, the, those whole scandals and stuff, and there was a scene, actually, in the parent-teacher conference, um, when they were talking about the test, or when they were talking, like, they're like, oh, how can we prepare for the AP test, blah, 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 
And then Mr. Medina jokes and says like, oh yeah, you could bribe the AP committee people for the answers or for the questions. Mm. And the parents literally were like writing down like, oh yes. And he's like, it was a joke. <laughs> but I don't know. Can't relate. Can't relate either. But during that scene, so this was after Lorelai and Max had that moment at the parent-teacher meeting. Lorelai was kind of upset at Max, not even from like a teacher perspective, like you're her teacher. You're so No, she was upset. Like, how dare you flirt with me and say all these great things about my daughter and then take his side instead of taking our side. And how I would be pissed too. I'm like, how dare you try to flirt with me? And then you refuse to let my daughter take a test. Yeah, honestly, like, why couldn't Max just be like, okay, sit down, like, just take the test? Mm-hmm. Like, why did he have to go and, like, be a snitch? Snitch. I mean, oh. Why? Why did you have to do that, Max? <laughs> I don't know. That was not cool. And so I could see why Laura, like, gets upset because, like, to your point, like, he we were trying to be all flirtatious with me, yet, like, you couldn't let my daughter just sit down and take the test, like, or back me up in the situation. And, you know, he is stuck between a rock and a hard place because it's his mm-hmm. job. But at the same time, you know, it's frustrating. Because you're like, well, then maybe I won't go out with you. <laughs> yeah, and they kept talking because it wasn't just that she failed, that she didn't take a test and she had a bad grade. But the headmaster kept saying, like, well, maybe this isn't the best place for Rory. And saying, like, maybe some people are not meant for this type of environment. So not only was that just, like, a bad situation, but he was just being so negative and implying that Rory might not be cut out for that world. And for Lorelai, she's like, Rory needs to go to Chilton in order for her to go to Harvard. Yeah. He could have said something there, like, that's not cool, like, he shouldn't do that. But that, he, that headmaster, he's, he was not very nice about Rory's ability to be able to, um, stay at Chilton, and it's just frustrating for him to continuously, as we see him, undermine Rory Mm -hmm. in, in her ability to get into Harvard. That's probably, like, that tough love kind of environment, but... At a certain point, I think, I can't remember if, I think Lorelai tells Rory, but she starts thinking about it. Like she made a reference how Rory has been wanting to go to Harvard since she was three years old. And then she made a reference that when she was like four or five, she had a big old sweater and everything like that. And at first, when I first watched that, I thought that was so cute. Like, oh, like having those ambitions. Yay. But then I, like, I thankfully for Rory, like, she does want to go to Harvard. That's something that she wanted to do, wants to do. But for me, I would, I don't know, that just seems kind of toxic. Like, unless it's your alma mater and it's like, yeah, sure, go here. Or if she's into sports and they have a great sports, I don't know, something else that that's such a young age. I just feel like that's kind of weird that a three-year-old feels very ambitious not only just go to college but go to one of the most competitive colleges in the world yeah yeah the conversation with the headmaster definitely make made Lorelai feel like did I talk you into going to Harvard or did you want to go to Harvard and kind of gives her an out like do you miss your friends at Stars Hollow like 
you know, I'm not going to be upset with you if you decide to not continue at Chilton. And, you know, even earlier in the episode, um, uh, Lorelai, I'm sorry, Rory hangs out with Lane and Lane sees like all of her textbooks and like homework and her notes. And she's like, oh my God, like that is insane. And Laura and Rory is just like, yeah, you've got no idea. Like this is so hard. She miss, she confesses to Lane and she misses Stars Hollow. And so for Lorelai to kind of like tie that back into, into the end of this episode with her saying like, I'm going to give you an out. Like you can go ahead and, and leave if you want. And, and Lorelai, um, you know, is very honest with her and kind of gives her the, the, the security to, to, to say, I, you know what, you're right. I don't want to be here, but Laura, uh, Rory doesn't give up on herself. And she's just like, I'm not ready to give up on Chilton. And she's a formidable 16 year old. So mm -hmm. like to see that quality in her, um, it's just like, it's, it's, it's good to see that she's not going to give up on herself and like, we can join this, continue join doing this ride with her as she navigates this like new world for, for the both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was really excited. So I was just like, yeah, I could do it. No, I think having that talk and having Lorelai still believe in her and knowing that the school wasn't like kicking her out or whatever, they were giving her that last well not necessarily last opportunity but they were giving her an opportunity to continue going to school she felt even more motivated and she told Lorelai like I know I can do it like the only reason why I'm not doing well is because I'm behind but I'm gonna catch up and I just love seeing her so happy and she was like back to her old self like yeah I'm gonna catch up I can do it oh yeah I loved it it was cute and then you know in wrapping up this episode she, um, they head home and, um, well, I forgot what they were doing right before, but, oh, I think they had just walked in and the phone was ringing and they didn't answer it, but, um, <gasps> Mr. Medina is <gasps> a voicemail. I'm already freaking out, Chris, like you haven't even said much yet. Continue. <laughs> she's like, he's like, you know, I just leaving this message for Rory, telling her she's able to get, um, she was uh, approved to get more extra credit opportunities. Um, and then he goes, so he's just finessed this so well. He's like, if your mother is listening, Lorelai, it was a pleasure to encounter you. I hope it happens again. Like, come on. And then like, it ends with Lorelai, like just smiling. Like, oh my god jaw yeah. dropped every time <laughs> like I've, I've seen this episode so many times and every time I see that scene and even hearing just you talking about it it's like oh, chills my jaw drops my heart drops I think well first I think it's incredibly inappropriate for Mr. Medina to leave a voicemail for Rory and then flirt with her mom in the same message but <laughs> Outside of that, oh, I thought it was so dreamy. I'm like, how is he so smooth? And he's like so intelligent, but he's not nerdy, but he's smooth and like like has that handsome, oh, I don't know. And like Lorelai's face. Yeah. And then Lorelai's face when she she was like so cheesy. I'm like, oh. I mean, wow. he said so much without saying much. Like it was a pleasure yes. to encounter you. I hope it happens again. Basically, like, it was nice to meet you. Like, 
but like when you say PTYL, <laughs> encounter you, like it's just, it's so. I hope it happens again. Oh, yeah, you can. And tell that's how he said it. Yeah, he said it so dreamy. Like I hope it happens again. I'm like, wow. <gasps> I know. Loved it. So are we? Um, now that we've recapped the episode, are we? Um, how are you feeling about? Max Medina um you know I'm liking his approach in just the way he's um just coming to Lorelai with like if this happens and this happens and like how we can make things work and I want to get to know you and it seems very wholesome which is another reason why I like it because he seems like a genuine like good guy so, you know, I'm excited for where things are going. Yeah, and he seems, yeah, he seems like a genuine, genuine person. He obviously really cares about his students. I don't think he started talking to Lorelai at the beginning just because he wanted to flirt, because he was worried about Rory. Um, I don't know. He's just so smooth. I'm like, wow. Like, he wouldn't have been my type, but just by his behavior – and the way he talks to Lorelai, take me away, Max Medina. <laughs> I know, I know. And then, um, I, I just love that. And then in regards to the Gilmore Girls fashion, uh, there's this one scene where Lorelai has um, like knee-length red boots like leather red boots and they look so cute. Like they're gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful boots. <laughs> and then then the next scene, she's wearing like a blue leather skirt. And it's kind of like one of those work skirts that are that's up to your, your knee. But and I think actually I love that look. It's kind of like monochromatic. I think it was like a like a light blue shirt and then a darker skirt or vice versa. But I saw that I'm like, oh, I don't know. A lot of like Lorelei's outfits are so timeless. Like that outfit, I would wear that outfit today. I would have worn that outfit five years ago, probably not 10 years ago because I wasn't into work clothes. But I don't know. I thought that was so cute. Yeah, I mean, it was so prominent that Michelle and I both in our notes noted it. <laughs> we were like, blue leather skirt, red leather boots. And like, she, like the monochromatic of it, of not monochromatic. Is that the right word? Um, describe what you mean, and then I can let you know. Well, like the color blocking of like the oh blue yeah red. It just it, it, they're just like such abstract colors that they just seeing it on an outfit like I never don't normally put together unless like I'm wearing like something for, like the Fourth of July like blue and red or like Memorial Day. But they look so good, and like Michelle says, I I would have worn that tomorrow I would have worn that yesterday I would have worn that a couple years ago <laughs> I love um, it it was so good it was so good what a way to close the close the episode in that outfit oh my gosh yeah so what was your favorite up uh scene in this episode uh my favorite scene I kind of already talked about it but it was that last one with the voicemail oh and I, a little bit of a spoiler alert. We see more voicemails that happen. Um, but I just, I don't know. I like 
I, I find it very incredible how a voicemail can be so powerful. It's not even like, yeah, their one-on-one -on -one conversations are great, but just the feeling of getting a message from, I don't even think when I started dating, we were big into voicemails. I think if anything, it was either you picked up or it was texting and then FaceTime, but we never really got voicemail messages. And the fact that he technically sent her a voicemail message that was so short but sweet but engaging and it was unexpected. Oh, I love it. I love it. I thought it was so cool. It's like, wow. Usually people would think romance would be like a love letter or something like that, but just just that voicemail was enough, I think, for me. I think because it's such an antiquated form of communication that it's it's romanticized like that. Like it's so nice to see it and to hear, to hear someone's voice, like instead of just reading a text message from someone. So that that was definitely a great scene. Mine has to be when Rory just lashed out on Paris and Tristan after her showing up late, just because it was so innocent and raw and she was like just so pissed and I really wish sometimes that like you like you would just like take a stance for yourself and be like this is not fair like you shut up you shut up you get my name right and I just I really liked that scene I thought um it showed a side of Rory that wasn't controlled it wasn't measured and Rory is so precise in her life in so many different ways so for her to be completely out of character it was refreshing yeah I ex yeah everything you said she's so calculated and she's a teenager and we even saw scenes where she was even more quotation marks mature than Lorelai like no Lorelai go to your room so the fact that she was able to be like teenager full throttle Standing up first herself. Oh, that was awesome. I loved it. Good, good episode. I feel like we're starting to get to know more of the characters and the scenes are getting more well developed. So the episodes are only going to get better from here. I love it. Woohoo! So let us know um, what you guys think of Max, Mr. Medina, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Revisited. And on Twitter at GG Revisited. Let us know your favorite scene. Let us know what you think about Max. Let us know what you think about Chilton. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. <laughs>